Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... The right solution does not have to be something sophisticated. It should be something very, 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 very simple. I insist on that. Very simple. Because you need to consider existing knowledge in that area so that you build a solution that will go or will leverage already existing knowledge so that people themselves, they're able to find themselves around your solution. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 418 of Impact Boom. My name's Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Innocent Tushilombo. Innocent's background cuts across the humanitarian, private, and academic sectors. Holder of a master's degree in humanitarian action from the Graduate Institute of Geneva, Innocent is a humanitarian professional and co-founder of Kakuma Ventures, a social enterprise in the Kakuma refugee camp in Kenya. Innocent has led humanitarian education and business operations in hard-to-reach settings. He aspires to provide marginalized communities with access to digital services and opportunities in education, trade, and employment as a catalyst for individual and community development potential. Innocent visions an equitable world where young people in privileged urban or marginalized rural areas, including young people in remote refugee camps, have equal access to opportunities to build their future and that of their communities. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing combining technology with sustainable business practices to inspire social change and Innocent's thoughts on the upcoming Social Enterprise World Forum in Amsterdam this year. Innocent, thank you so much for joining us. It's truly a pleasure to have you today. Thank you, Indio. And I'm also glad to be here today and speak to the audience, telling them a bit more about what I do and what makes me awake at night. Excellent. So to start off, Innocent, could you please share a bit about your background and then what led to your work in Purpose-Led Enterprise? My involvement in the social enterprise is really reason my life story because I'm originally from the Democratic Republic of Congo and around 2009, I fled the country and found myself in one of the biggest refugee camp in the world in Kenya, Kakuma Refugee Camp. That's why actually we have the name of Kakuma Ventures. From there, life was not that easy in the camp. There was much to be done looking around, not having much to do and not having many options. It was very hard for any typical young person who is really ambitious about his future, about his education, about his community. But those could not stop me from doing something. Actually, they challenged me, gave me an inspiration to see things a bit differently. So at least I can bring the changes that are needed in the camp. 
basically even from my inspirations it's all about supporting the marginalized people because that resonates well with me given that uh, in the camp there's nothing not much there's no essential infrastructure there's no great access the camp is very remote so it's an isolated area where people are confined you are confined in an isolated area it's really very hard you don't have much options and based on all those i thought of doing things differently comparing to how i found the people used to live there for me i took my time first to reflect and see which area should i focus on because i can't change the world i can't change everything just suddenly mm. it took me several years to reach that and i realized that if from the camp you can be able to get access to education then you can change things because with education you can be a creative thinker you can be a liberal thinker that's why i looked around to see how best can access education and for me i needed higher education but in the camp again there was no many opportunities for higher education it was just mm. you wake up you take some thing to eat then you sleep again tomorrow the same thing but how do you start from the camp and you don't have access to university you don't have even money to afford paying school fees then i started looking around for scholarships until i got a virtual and online scholarship from regis university from the united states how will i compete with my peers from the united mm-hmm. states and i'm in the camp where i have almost nothing no access to energy no access to grid no access to electricity no access to the internet and no access even to the world because you you don't know what is happening you don't understand the trend mm. but it's challenged me to really work very hard to go extra mile at least to stay with my peers in my class and i succeeded to finish to get a diploma in liberal studies then i pursued my next scholarship I got another scholarship from the university of the people where i got my bachelor degree in business administration that gave me the opportunity to get a scholarship to go to study in Geneva, Switzerland at the Graduate Institute with the Geneva Center of Humanitarian Studies, where I graduated with a master's in humanitarian action. Despite that, it took me several years and going through all this other, but I was able in the end to achieve what I wanted to achieve and also to unlock my potentials. And I thought the same could be used or could be applied to many more not only myself because wherever i was going finding myself i could just be a dot no not many refugees will find there not people with such background are there mm-hmm. but how can i enable that back to the larger community where we are speaking about hundreds of millions of people who are such difficult to unlock their potential because they are locked in a refugee trap the refugee situation is not something that is passing after tomorrow or after six months. It's something that can start, but you don't know when it ends. That's when I went back to the camp and say, I should provide people more access. I should provide people more access to the internet, more access to electricity, and more access to opportunities so that they can also unlock their potential and to stop being dependent on aid. That's what inspired me actually to do this job. And I did it actually using basic digital tools and mm-hmm. that's what my ventures is actually doing 
Mm, wow, that's really incredible background. And you you just touched on it at the end there, how that linked you into your work and becoming a co-founder at Kokuma Ventures and, and that background and how that fuels that drive and passion there. So can you share a bit more about this enterprise and how it's creating a sustainable social impact? Kakuma Ventures started out of the blue. It's a tech company. I have a little of a technical background because I did a diploma in electrical engineering since I wanted to become an engineer, but I could not hmm. pursue my dream given the circumstances. I jumped board to something else that was available for me. And with that basic background, I was get got some information technology, accelerated trainings. I was able also to access some open source resources such as tutorial and so on. And I built a solutions that will allow people from the camp to get fast access to the internet. But how will I provide people access to the internet if they don't have access to electricity? And if they get access to electricity and access to the internet, what about digital literacy? Because people have been isolated from what is happening in the world. So digital literacy was a critical issue. And those are the driver for a good adoption of anything digital that I could propose to my fellow residents in the camp. That's when Kakuma Ventures now started focusing back in 2018, first to build the first prototype. Until 2019, we were now testing the prototype. 2020, we launched it now to be serving the people in the camp. And we still, from that time, we are offering access to energy so that people can get connected to the internet. Then we bring them affordable internet so that they can get access to digital services and opportunities. And at the same time, we leverage the digital literacy so that they are able to make use of the access that we bring them. And at the same time, because it's all about adoption and all about productive use of the solution, uh, we also seeing how best we can incorporate more and more features into this services that we're currently providing, such as uh, providing people loans to acquire or to buy or to afford a new digital tool, such as, such as a laptop or a smartphone that will allow them to make use of the services that we are offering them. And at the same time, providing them more access to either work remotely if they can get some skills that are needed by major companies that can afford to hire them, will allow them to work from their own community and develop their own community, which is very incredible so far. Wow. There's layers and layers of impact that are going on there with Kakuma Adventures and all of your work in social impact for that matter, Innocent. So thank you so much for sharing a bit more about that with our audience. And in this kind of space that you're working within in education and refugees and, and migrants, you do a bit of work with social impacts and helping people to use digital tools to create their own social impact. So if you were going to provide a bit of advice, how could a social entrepreneur effectively integrate technology into their own targeted solutions to the problems that they're trying to tackle? Most social enterprises serve people who are underserved, people who uh, otherwise are not seen by anyone else, which means there are many underlying challenges that need mm. to be resolved fast before you can even get 
on the ground, on the surface, because you are coming in to fill a gap. To fill a gap, it requires a, a little more effort than any other business, because maybe in our case, we need to fight access to electricity, access to the internet, access to digital literacy, access to digital services and opportunities, and so on. When you combine all those together, you tend to feel like this is too much because I can't bear the cost, I can't be the pioneer. As a social enterprise, it's a good idea to be a pioneer because mm. uh, you should lead by example. You should be inspired by what changes you want to see. And that way, it's very good to be fast resilient, to be patient, and as well, to understand the needs of the people. That is very key because we can't solve, solve everything. And that is one of the traps that social entrepreneurs tend to get into since they see there are many problems and they want to solve everything. But the best thing is, what is the root cause of this? And go to the root and that's it. Do your part and leverage it as you go and leverage that with the needs of the people. And from there, you can realize that things are even creating a multiplying effect. And that is in our case. Currently, now that we're providing people access to energy, access to the internet, and some digital literacy, we are seeing that people are going even beyond our expectations. You know, they are becoming co-creators of our vision. And that mm. is perfect. You can only achieve that if you provide people the right solution. And the right solution does not have to be something sophisticated. It should be something very simple. I insist on that. Very simple. Because you need to consider existing knowledge in that area so that you build a solution that will go or will leverage already existing knowledge so that people themselves, they're able to find themselves around your solution. For that, you build something very simple. You build something that can solve a very simple problem, but that can have a very high impact. That is it for me, because I also went through the same. I was ambitious at some point, and I touched several solutions. I thought of bringing a very sophisticated solution, but all those could not work. And that's why it took us a bit of time to build the prototype. No rush, despite that, the, there's a sense of urgency in area where we go to work. But that can put us in a pressure to beat something very quick, but something that is not really connected with the local people. In that situation, you need to build with the people. You need to do user consultations. You need to create a prototype, test with them, get feedback, go back to the drawing board. Don't feel bad if you should restart everything from scratch. That's the way because you're developing for the people, not for yourselves. Just a collection of fantastic advice there, innocent for anyone looking to create their own technologically integrated social impact solutions. So thank you so much for sharing some of your expertise in that area there, innocent. And we're really excited to, to hear that you're going to be a speaker at the upcoming Social Enterprise World Forum happening later this year in Amsterdam. So I'm just wondering, as a speaker at this event, what are you most looking forward to about that week? Actually, this forum is a great opportunity, mm. a fast, a special opportunity for enterprises that are serving migrants, displaced people, and the most marginalized communities. Why? Because we mostly find that securing investment to continue serving this particular group is very hard because investors are 
always see fast story, the story about what you are doing, about what your vision is, and that's all about the impact. Then from that story, you can be invited for an interview or for a chat. Then from the chat, now you can start seeing what should be next, if maybe it's an investment. When it comes to the next step, that's where everything becomes no longer interesting because of the numbers, first the market that we will be addressing. Secondly, there's also another issue around the feature of the business. Because for example, if your refugee camp is, is looked at as a transit area or a transit center where people can stay for a short time, then they move. If I speak on the case of Kakuma refugee camp, people have been there for more than three decades now and they're still mm. going, which means if a solution could be funded back then, by today, 30 years down the line, that could be something else very big, maybe very big as no one could imagine that. But there's lack of that awareness among the investors' communities, as well as the entrepreneurs' communities, because entrepreneurs, uh, sometimes they don't, or they avoid risk, taking too much risk, or maybe the risk is within their limitation. But I want to bring awareness at this forum about such a market. So that people really understand that there are also other markets that they are not those traditional markets that we are used to, but mm. they are markets that need to be addressed. And there are people who are dying need of any solution that we can bring to them. And those solutions can really transform their lives and see a very big impact. And the conversation should be easy. And people should also have that courage to go visit, to have those inclusive approaches to create even a category for others whenever you see let's say a typical form to apply for any funding or for any opportunity such as a partnership you don't find everything much and sometimes if it's a system generated form the system will just draw you out because you don't fall in any of the logarithm as it was programmed but that follows a very traditional model while with social entrepreneurship, it's more of adapting to the circumstances and how best partners or potential investors or whoever can really create that sense or develop that sense of inclusivity when it comes to providing equitable access to everyone and to reach the most vulnerable one. And that's one of my main concerns to be there at the forum because I want to express that really very openly to discuss with others and invite them to come to see, to understand the context, so that at least together we can see how best can we leverage this? What kind of partnership is needed? Because are there people who are ready to support and on the other side, there are people who are also ready. They're also in need of support, but they, there's lack of that interconnections between the two. Through constant engagement, networking such as this, it provides a very great uh, platform to build that bridge between people who are ready to support and people who need that support. Mm, wow. I've, I've got to say that I'm exceptionally excited to hear you talk a bit more about all these opportunities and to share your thoughts on these issues. And, and as you said, all of the invaluable networking, the energy, the impact that's going to come out of the social enterprise world from this year 
is very exciting and we at Impact Boom can't wait to be able to be a part of that as well. So thank you so much for sharing that there, Innocent. And we're moving in now towards the end of our interview. I've just got two quick questions to fire your way before we finish up. Firstly, what inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently that are creating a positive social change? I think recently there are many. Every time you'll come across something very interesting, you'll come across something that challenges you and see, oh, so there are people who are seeing uh, the world very differently. Something that I came across recently was the concept of this digital humanitarian identity. Mm. Uh, how, let's say, refugees could get access to more services in a dignified way, given that they can have their digital humanitarian identity. That's something that really touched my heart so far because I've realized it's something very small, something very simple, such as an ID, but that can have a really big impact on the life of someone who depends on that tool. And that tool so far, it has been allowing refugees to access social assistance, such as healthcare, such as cash assistance, humanitarian cash assistance. Those are the kind of things that we need to see. And that is a result of a partnership between the humanitarian sector and the private sector. For someone who has a lived background in a humanitarian settings, that is very important because there's not many options, opportunities, or even innovations coming in the humanitarian sector. But as much as we see more and more humanitarian private sector or private organizations partnering with humanitarian organization that will change the things and that will create even more awareness on the issue that they are trying to raise so at least people can see this in a transformative way rather than in a more difficult or something that is very hard to achieve and that's innovation it's really very great because it brings up that inclusivity that we want to see it also helps those people who can miss out of a solution or innovation or any assistance that they need, also be inclusive and also be seen because in some cases, when you are not identified, you can be seen as a criminal because it's very hard to know who are you if you can't really prove who you are. And despite your problems, despite your need, people will be just confused and you might not get that assistance that you need because you are not able to be identified. But Bringing in this digital identity for the humanitarian sector, it's a great solution and I'm very keen to see how it will change or disrupt the humanitarian sector, if not the social enterprise sector, if, if not the market, because now we are seeing even the private sector getting involved. Mm, yeah, there's some really exciting organizations and movements that are occurring throughout all of that space. And I'm sure you'll be able to share even more about that later this year. So thank you so much for talking a bit about it there, Innocent, and, and wrapping that up nicely. And to finish off now, what books or resources would you be recommending for listeners to go and check out themselves? First, if I can talk on a, an entrepreneurial mindset, for me, I think uh, some of the resources, they are very sophisticated. Some of the resources are very expensive. And sometimes when you are building solution, we know what you want to achieve, but we don't know how. And to solve the how, it becomes very challenging, very critical, time-consuming, because you need to combine several solutions together. 
but as an entrepreneur also in the early stages you tend to be alone you or just have a small team of co-founders who you may be as a team face some limitations but i like to recommend to go fast open resources with open resources we can prove the concept we can build prototypes and also we can learn some of the basics that we may want to get started then after we get started now we can leverage finding paid content or more advanced content as we go but while we already know what directions are we taking how are we solving our how so that whenever we spend any dollar because for a startup or an entrepreneur a founder spending even one dollar is too much because you will spend many one dollars that will not lead you to anywhere as you are trying to come up with a solution whatever dollar you are spending should be meaningful and should be adding value but to add value you should just go small and what is available fast within your cycle then after you have exhausted all the resources that you can get reached to openly freely in open resources then you can leverage it now to now seek those more sophisticated consultations or more sophisticated resources that will enable you to now go to the next stage but there are also people who are doing pro bonos many organizations have come up with uh, the formula to provide social entrepreneurs pro bono services pro bono consultations that can also be useful for them to build the solution there are many accelerators myself i went through several accelerators i went through the mila center accelerator the hill justice and recently the acumen all those accelerators i never paid anything and they were really very useful because i met uh, several mentors who have been part of the journey of kakuma ventures and that is great because currently all those knowledge i could not have them uh, but their knowledge that i got them through those accelerators programs and through and all those came out from networking such as going uh, to a world entrepreneurship forums those are a great platform to meet most of uh, these accelerators to meet other like mindset people who we can share our vision and their feedback to us and that's already a resource that we should make use of and that should be the starting point as we are aiming to go to the upcoming forum mm, well, what a great way to finish off that interview there and all of the initiatives enterprises resources that you've recommended or talked a bit more about throughout this interview today They'll be linked on in the end of the article. So once people have either read through the transcript or they've had a listen to the podcast, they'll be able to click on those, check them out, learn some more about this amazing evolving space that you're working within and be able to apply that into their own social impact activities. Thank you so much for sharing that, Innocent. And that does unfortunately bring us to the end of our Impact Boom interview today. I just want to say on behalf of the Impact Boom team, thank you so much for being so generous and sharing your time and your wisdom and insights with us today. I know that I've learned a lot and I'm very much looking forward to seeing you later this year at Social Enterprise World Forum in Amsterdam. I can't wait to be able to pick your brain a bit more, learn some more about your work, and I know that other people will feel the same. So thank you once again and all the best. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. 
please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter. Thank you.